Shalom, and welcome to the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations weekly Torah commentary series. I'm Chaim Dowerman from Congregation Simcha Yisrael in West Haven, Connecticut. This week we're discussing Parshat Ekev. Our text begins in Deuteronomy chapter 7. As human beings, we are built to make decisions on limited information. If we weren't, it's unlikely we'd be able to survive. Just look at how much of our business and our politics are built around making quick decisions in cases where we don't understand all the angles. But when it comes to matters relating to God, sometimes limited information just won't do. In our lives of following God, we often encounter pieces of terminology that we put into use before fully comprehending their meaning. This is only natural in a spiritual community that is held together through the ready exchange of ideas. And biblical phrases and concepts that might be more rooted in the realities of their own day than in the concerns of our present day can especially be tricky to master. This week in Parshat Ekev, Moses speaks of circumcision of the heart. From his lack of further explanation, it's clear that the Israelites who heard him and the early readers of the Torah text understood what he was getting at. But do we understand too? In Deuteronomy 10, verses 15 and 16, we read, Only on your fathers did Adonai set his affection to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, you from all the peoples, as is the case this day. Circumcise the foreskin of your heart, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked anymore. The Israelites are called Amkishe Oref, or a stiff-necked people, throughout the Torah, always in relation to their show of obstinacy, their stubbornness. Here, circumcision of the heart is presented as a natural and desirable alternative to it. Circumcision of the heart is, in essence, a turn away from being stiff-necked. This heart circumcision is, of course, not a replacement for the circumcision of the flesh that God introduced as a covenant sign for his people. Rather, it is an accompaniment to that covenant, and even a desired result. But how can a heart be circumcised? It is an image that does not compute so long as we remain bound to the strict, literal, physical act of circumcision. But the ancient authors of the scriptures were not bound by such perceptions. Early in Exodus, on the topic of his slowness of speech, Moses describes himself as possessing uncircumcised lips. He says this in Exodus 6.12 and again in 30. And to the prophet Jeremiah, God says of his people, To whom may I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ears are uncircumcised. They cannot listen. Jeremiah 6.10 In these cases, lips and ears are uncircumcised in the sense that they are impeded from functioning as they ought to. Were they instead circumcised, they would be free to serve God as he wishes. What then does an uncircumcised heart do upon being freed for service? What is its proper function before God? Lips speak and ears hear. What 
does a heart do? I'm reminded here of a line from the classic novella, The Little Prince. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. What then is essential? There are clues as we read further in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy 10, verses 16 to 19, we read, Circumcise the foreskin of your heart, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any more. For Adonai, your God, is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awesome God, who does not show partiality or take a bribe. He enacts justice for the orphan and widow and loves the outsider, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the outsider, for you were outsiders in the land of Egypt. With circumcised hearts, Israel is told to love the outsider, seeing him the way God sees him. And this discourse occurs amidst other discussions of what we might do with our hearts when it comes to serving God. It comes on the heels of the Shema in the previous Parsha. And as Moses continues his speech to the children of Israel, its precepts continue to echo. Just a few words before the verse above, Moses reminds Israel of what the Lord requires of them. In chapter 10, verse 12, he says, to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. How are we to achieve this goal? Moses puts a finer point on it toward the end of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, he says, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. But how does all this come together for those of us who have committed ourselves to walk in the way of Messiah? Perhaps the most familiar passage to believers in Yeshua regarding circumcision of the heart comes from Paul's letter to the Romans. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. Romans 2, 28 and 29. This passage often gets misinterpreted, even twisted, by those who would have others believe that Paul is denigrating circumcision or declaring that being Jewish is a spiritual condition rather than a physical reality. But if we read the Torah and we understand the breadth of this concept, we see that what Paul is saying is really no different from what Moses passed down. A circumcised heart is the desired and intended result of being in covenant with God regardless of whether that covenant comes about through physical circumcision or in the way passed down through and by Yeshua so that all peoples might enter it. Although Yeshua is not recorded to have given a teaching explicitly about circumcision of the heart, we do have one from him that harmonizes all these elements and points the way forward for us. In Luke 10, we encounter a Torah scholar who seeks to challenge Yeshua 
asking how he can obtain eternal life. Yeshua appeals to his expertise in Torah, and the man names the same two greatest commandments that Yeshua identifies elsewhere. You shall love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Luke 10.27 The Torah scholar replies with an interesting question. He says, then who is my neighbor? Yeshua responds with the parable of the Good Samaritan and answers the scholar's question by holding up the Samaritan as an example. He proved to be a neighbor to the parable's wounded man, even though he was an outsider from among the Samaritans who were reviled by the Jews at this time. Yeshua challenged the scholar in the same way God challenged the Israelites in Deuteronomy. God's callings are righteous, but they are seldom comfortable. They may even seem unreasonable. A circumcised heart enables us to follow God in ways we might have previously not thought possible. Through it, we can love God and love others, even the outsider, with everything we have. This is Chaim Dowerman signing off and wishing you a Shabbat Shalom. For more commentaries like this one, visit umjc.org slash commentaries.